24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you by Essentia Health. I am Zach Schneider, the Marketing and PR Director at Grandma's Marathon, and I'm joined today by our medical liaison. She's an athletic trainer at one of our major sponsors, Essentia Health. We did a little bit of this last year. We're bringing it back this year because it is such an important thing. Uh, of what we do as an organization, a service for our participants to try to help everyone not only enjoy race weekend, but uh, for sure get safely and healthy to that finish line in June. So Christina's back with us again this year. We're going to have several uh, conversations with her throughout the year, uh, bringing you some more generalized tips uh, to try and help you uh, stay healthy and happy through the training process and into the race weekend in June. So with all that said, Christina, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Zach. Happy to be here. As I mentioned, you're an athletic trainer at Essentia Health, but you also work in our office as a medical liaison through Essentia Health. So we're going to talk today, like I say, about some of the uh, tips that you might have for our participants, but you're a runner yourself. Um, and so for anybody who wasn't with us last year, maybe they're new to grandma's marathon weekend in general, uh, what's your background, uh, not only uh, in the medical field, but also with this race? Let's start there. Yeah. Um, so I'll give a little bit of each background. Um, so athletic trainers are a type of healthcare provider. Um, we often get mistaken for personal trainers. Um, but what we do is actually really focus around injury prevention, um, evaluation, treatment, rehabilitation. Um, so in addition to working with Essentia, um, I also work with the athletes at Duluth East High School, um, attending their practices and games and taking care of them if they get hurt. Um, but then, yes, I'm also a marathon runner myself, and I've run grandma's two and two thirds times, um, two finishes and unfortunately one that I did not finish, but I learned something even from the races that I didn't finish. Um, and so, you know, those, having those two, two roles in my life, the healthcare piece and the, and the running piece, um, come together really nicely. And, um, I'm really able to use some of my education and real world experiences to help take good care of our runners. And your role with our race is so interesting, as we've talked about it over the last uh, couple of years uh, since you've been in our office in this liaison role. But your expertise really and your, and your uh, focus on race weekend is helping the runners that need the medical attention. But then we separate the other 364 days out of the year and the medical advice that we're trying to get across to runners is so that they don't have to meet you uh, or other medical people on race weekend. And so it's kind of a weird dichotomy where you're there if they need you on race day, uh, but everything we're going to be talking about uh, in the next several months is going to be so that they don't need you and that they can just uh, finish their race, uh, hopefully with a good time and then just enjoy the rest of their day. So for anybody listening who's maybe 
signed up, maybe it's their first marathon, maybe they haven't been to Duluth before, maybe they're like you and they weren't able to finish the last race that uh, that they participated in or somewhere along the road. What's the, the first big piece of advice you can give people who are signed up right now? Uh, we're still a long ways away from race day, uh, but what's the one big piece of advice you can give to those folks? Yeah, so registration just happened not all that long ago. And I know like once you once you register, excitement is high, but then you have a long time to wait before training actually starts. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't be doing things now to get you ready for the actual start of training. Um, you know, the first thing I always recommend every year is this is a great time to get a physical exam from your doctor. Um, go check in, especially I know as adults, we're not great about doing that every year. Um you know, things don't change as much when you're an adult as they did when you were a kid. And so we don't go for our physicals every year. Um, but if it's going to be your first marathon, it's a good idea to do that. Um, go check in, let your doctor know of your plans to train for a marathon. Ask them if they recommend any testing to make sure that there's no pre-existing conditions that could cause any problems. And you know what? There probably won't be. I mean, you'll probably go get a clean bill of health. Everything will be fine. But that doesn't mean it's a wasted appointment. It's good to know that everything's fine. That's one of the things that participants so often roll their eyes at uh, when it's suggested to them. They're like, I signed up for this marathon or I've done races before and they don't want to go. But it's not necessarily that the, the their physician or their doctor is going to tell them that they can't run the race they want to. It's just going to be, again, a tool uh, to try and help them have the most successful path forward, correct? Then after the physical, we're still, as we record here, in the middle of November. So the race isn't until the middle of June. We've got several months going. A lot of the training plans that are out there and exist in the world probably won't start until after the turn of the year and really ramp up the miles. But that doesn't mean you should be sitting around and doing nothing uh, at this point. I mean, that base layer of uh, conditioning and endurance is so important so that you're ready to start that training plan come January or February. Yeah, especially for first timers, uh, this is a big, important time to be laying down some base training. Um, and that does look different than how it'll look when the training plan starts. Um, you don't need to be running that much yet. Um, you know, especially if somebody is trying to choose a training plan and they're looking at these plans that might get into like 50, 60 miles a week later on. Don't worry about being able to do that now. <laughs> um, if you're running three times a week right now for anywhere between three to five miles, you're laying the groundwork. Um, and there are other things that should be part of that base training that are potentially even more important than the running. Um, this is a good time to be doing some cross training like biking, swimming, elliptical, so that you're working on your cardiovascular fitness, um, but you're not pounding the roads all the time. And then strength training right now is very important. Um, a lot of runners tend to not like strength training or feel like once the mileage gets high, they don't have the time for it. Um, and, and once, you know, once you get into that, like deeper part of marathon training, strength training will tend to go by the wayside. Um, you know, when you're running for up to a couple of hours, uh, it's okay to not be weightlifting on that day, but now's the time to do that. Now's the time to, to build that strength so that it can carry you through the, all the running. 
one of the things that you and I have talked about, and, and you do it in both your roles, both your role with Essential Health as an athletic trainer, working with athletes in, in other sports throughout the year, and then also working with our participants, is that especially if you haven't run a, a race like this before, whether it be a marathon or a half marathon, if you're a first timer, your muscles are going to start to feel different. Your, your body is going to feel different as you go through this. So one of the things that athletic trainers, through my experience, have always said is you have to know the difference between being sore and those changes that are happening to actually being injured. And when you're injured or you're hurt, you have to take time off. And so often we see runners maybe try to push through things because they think that they, that's what they should do. Um, and then that makes things worse and they have to take more time off and that really affects their race come June. Yeah, that does take a little bit of learning and practice. Um, you know, learning that difference between sore and hurt. Um, I think a good rule of thumb is that soreness does go away. Um, soreness is something that you might feel the day after a run and then two days later, it'll be gone. Um, a pain that you need to worry about is something that is present during the run and doesn't stop. Um, and I think the, the present during a run is an important part and the, the consistency of it. Um, you know, sometimes people will tell me it's there at the start of a run and then it'll kind of go away. And then towards the end of the run, it'll be back. Um, and even that is a sign that there's something potentially a little bit wrong. Um, I think a lot of folks think that if something goes away after they've run a couple miles, that maybe they're just warming up and getting loose. Um, but more often than not, they're actually, they're changing something about their gait in order to avoid the pain. And then if it's coming back at the end, it's because it was never gone. <laughs> and this is another reason that we always recommend that people check in with their own doctors, because we have runners from all over the country all over the world and sitting here listening to you today, you're not able to, uh, you know, of course, accurately diagnose every single participant that comes to Grandma's Marathon Weekend. These are generalized tips, but we talk about marathoning and we, it, it certainly is. I mean, 26.2 miles, it, it's going to hurt on, on some level. It's going to be different than, you know, people who aren't running marathons. But at the end of the day, our medical staff always says we want people to enjoy their race. We want them to enjoy the experience. We don't want it to be a painful, a miserable experience running this race. And so a lot of that comes in how you train and being able to listen to your own body. Yeah. There, yeah. There's definitely some pain involved in a marathon. I won't sugarcoat that. I, I remember, I don't remember which one of my many marathons it was, but I was doing a body scan to kind of check on myself. And I told myself, well, Right now, my nose doesn't hurt, but everything else sure did. Um, so yeah, it, it, there's a pain involved, but it shouldn't it shouldn't be like a scary, sharp, oh no, what's wrong pain. We're going to start to wrap things up here uh, in terms of the opening tips uh, from Christina, who again is going to be with us uh, throughout the rest of the year. And we're going to do several of these. We're going to get into the nutrition and the hydration, things that you should be doing both during training and on race day. But one of the biggest things that you and I have discussed maybe over the last year and a half, two years, is that deciding to do a marathon means that you're changing your lifestyle for the next several months. This is not 
uh, um, a 5K where you could just go out and power through it. This is not something that you should put off until April or May to start training for. This is something that starts now and it goes with the base layer of training that you're talking about. It goes with following the training plan uh, and also what you're putting into your body, the sleep that you're getting. So this is something that people, you as a medical uh, professional and, and other people in the medical tent uh, who work on race day, you want these people to commit to this starting now because it'll make everybody's uh, experience a lot better come June. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I would say most people who sign up for a marathon don't take it lightly. They know that there's a lot of commitment involved. Um, those stories about guys who dare each other to sign up for a marathon one night after too many beers, like that's, those are they make the Instagram or Twitter news because they're rare. Um, but yeah, I think most people know that there's going to be some lifestyle changes. And if you try not to make the changes, you'll feel uncomfortable real quick and realize like, oh yeah, nutrition, hydration, sleep, those things are very important. That's going to matter. Yeah, for sure. And we'll talk about all those things uh, as we go through the year here, but uh, Christina Nissler, our medical liaison from Essentia Health. Thanks so much for being with us and giving some of these uh, early on general tips for our participants this year. You're welcome. Happy to help. This Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast is brought to you by Essentia Health. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. Grandma's Marathon proudly presented by Toyota, Members Cooperative Credit Union, and ASICS. I'm Zach Schneider. Until next time, everyone, be well.